Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Kings of Screen podcast. I'm Daniel. I'm Tyler. This is our first episode of the year, and we're hitting it up on Unlucky Friday the 13th. Unlucky Friday the 13th. Uh, you know, it's crazy. <laughs> you know, since we've done the show, we've been kind of hitting the, the, the Hall of Fame, if you will. We've been hitting yep. some heavy hitters. We've been hitting the Titans of horror movies. We've hit, you know, films from the Halloween franchise, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Friday the 13th. The Backbone. And we decided to take a left turn on this episode. Uh, Tyler, what is it that we're going to be uh, talking about today? As if the viewer didn't already see the link when they clicked the title. But you know what? For shits and gigs, tell me, what are we doing today? No, we're going to go back to 2002. We're going to watch, you know, fear.com. Fear.com. All righty. So, <laughs> let's, let's... It, was, it, it was really not no fear.com. <laughs> it was something, let me tell you that. Uh, basic plot of this is, uh, while they're investigating uh, a strange uh, series of, well, I wouldn't really say murders, I guess, deaths, because yeah. you know, they don't know yeah. what's causing them right now, uh, they stumble across this, uh, basically it's a website, which when you log on to it, it will kill you in 48 hours. Yeah. And now our uh, heroes must figure out a way to try to avoid death in 48 hours. Uh, okay, so before we talk about now, because mm-hmm. you know how I like to do it, I don't just like to jump into like today. Yeah. When was the first time you watched Fear.com, and what was your kind of mini review of it back then? Well, I went and seen it when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. Oh, you went to the theater and watched this? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. You yeah. paid some money for this bad boy. Yeah. Then. Okay. Yeah, I still can't get that refund. <laughs> um, He's been trying, guys, for 20 years now, yeah. and they still won't give it to him. <laughs> The you know back then the previews made it look like hey it may not be too bad of a movie right so you go and you get about what twenty minutes in you're like man it's just not really what you thought <laughs> you know you got Stephen Dorf who's in it which loved him in uh, Blade mm-hmm. great character in Blade but I just don't I, I don't know I just didn't really like the mix up of the storylines of how they were going with what way with it? Mm, okay. Um, the website, you know, it's like they can't chase the website, so they couldn't find out. It's like now, but it, you know, they they tried to open up a different way of doing something. I guess. Oh, absolutely! No, absolutely. Um, so I watched this back when it first came out, but honestly, I think I watched it. Actually, I don't think I watched it when it came out on VHS. Uh, probably rented it the first weekend it came out. So I didn't watch it in theaters, but I did rent it, you know, pretty close to when it came out. Um, you know, I got to admit, even before we did this, if you would have asked me if I like this movie, I'd be like, yeah. Uh, I remember liking this, but also knowing it's a bad movie. Like, as I'm watching it, I'm just like, okay, this clearly isn't top quality anything. But I remember liking it, but also knowing it felt like a ring ripoff, and it felt like... Um, I don't know. There's just something about it that was just like, okay, there's, there's something holding this movie back. And maybe when I'm younger, I couldn't quite articulate what I'm trying to say like I can today. But uh, I do remember, like I said, disliking it overall. But, but at the same time, I wouldn't defend it. Like, if you would have been like, that's a shit film. But like, oh, no, it is. I mean, it's yeah. a shit film. But, you know, I enjoyed it. Uh, with that being said, I mean, without going through just yet, this is a little bit rougher of a watch today. Than yeah. it was. Now, granted, I have not seen this movie. I own it because uh, I mean, even after I rent it, I would go out and buy it on DVD. 
Uh, I'm sure I paid five bucks for it. It's what it's so old. It's one of the uh, DVDs that have like the cardboard cases where you clip it and unfold it kind of thing. So it wasn't like a regular standard DVD. It was like that weird. <laughs> uh, so it was one of those old school DVDs I had. Uh, but I haven't seen this movie. God damn, probably in about 20 years. I think when I remember I bought the DVD, it was probably the last time I watched it. And I remember, probably had the same review, like, oh yeah, that's no, all right. But uh, again, I was in my early 20s, a little bit dumber then. Um, so as you mentioned, this came out in 2002. Uh, this is a, a crazy uh, cross-production. Uh, uh, multiple countries were involved in this. Uh, this was a cross-production with U.S., Canada, the U.K., Germany, and Luxembourg. Uh, I must admit, I'm an ignorant America, American because I assumed Luxembourg was in Germany. I didn't realize Luxembourg was his own country, but I, uh, I'm not the brightest bulb, so I'll just say that right now. Um, so, the director of this movie is a guy named, uh, I believe you pronounce his name, William Malone. Um, he directed The House on Haunted Hill. House on Haunted Hill is another one I'll tell you, like, I love that movie, yeah. but I can point out the flaws. I can tell you why it's not a great film. Maybe we may review it one of these days. I don't know. Uh, but it's one of those things where it's like, uh, I believe, and it kind of it shares a lot of this movie where um, it starts off really strong and then kind of peters up by the end. Not this movie. This movie doesn't start off strong at all. This, you know, but I'm saying that movie started out strong and kind of petered out. And I kind of felt like maybe when I was younger, I kind of felt the same thing about this one. Um, but I like Will Malone. I think he's a you know, good director and everything. And so, and I didn't know he directed this. Like, that might drop in knowledge, like, oh, yeah, I know William Malone's filmography. I don't. I literally, when I was researching the movie, I was like, why do I know that name, William Malone? And when I clicked, I was like, oh, shit, he did House on I Know. And as soon as I said that, I was like, oh, shit, you could tell. Like, by looking at this movie, like, yeah, this is very much the same director as uh, House so, on Haunted Hill. Seems, seems like it was just, I mean, it was dark the yeah. entire, which, I mean, I, I don't, you know, mind a dark film like that, mm -hmm. but not the entire film. You know what was bad about it was, and it, I didn't point out this one until just now, but this is a gripe I have with some horror films, is like, they'll have all the lights on in a location, and it's still dark, and you're yep. like, come on. Yep. I get you're looking for a creepy <laughs> interior. I get that, guys, but make it logical. Yep. Don't put lights everywhere and then have every light be dim as shit. <laughs> like, the police station was like, how are they getting their police work done in this dark ass dank police station because every light was just dim and it's like dude come on you guys can't afford for fluorescent tubing in this place apparently not not, not in the fear.com's world no. um, so director does this movie and you know he was like he was really looking for this kind of nightmarish look and I will say this entire movie, the one thing I give this film is the look of it I think it has that crazy it has that 2000s Marilyn Manson, Nine Inch Nails, music video, yep. fucking new metal. Look. Now I do like the, uh, the the music that they play yeah. throughout. That you know, it keeps that interesting. No, no, it definitely. You know, I feel like I don't know because I only know one German metal band, but I heard a lot of German metal in this movie. I'm just like, it's all Rammstein. It may not be. It could have been someone else. <laughs> but I'm just like, yeah, it's all Rammstein to me. But anyways, uh, no. So I mean, I like the look and the aesthetic of this film. It's everything else that just kind of falls to the wayside here. Um, the the uh, video, you like when he's chasing the first girl that he sees, like when he's videotaping her in the car. Mm -hmm. I just started thinking, man, you know, Robin Williams with the videotape. Oh, um, kind of like from a, what was the movie he did? What is that? Um, One Hour Photo? One Hour yeah, Photo, yeah. yeah. And one of my favorite Robin Williams. Yeah, I know everybody's, you know, don't get me wrong, I like Robin Williams, but I'm, I was never as big on him as a lot of people are. 
his comedy kind of just ran thin with me. But when he started playing these more serious, creepy roles, and with one Alfred being yeah. one of them, uh, I, I love his performance in that. I really thought. I mean, I think he makes a great serial killer. He also did a movie called Insomnia. I don't know if you ever saw that or not with uh, Al Pacino, where uh, he plays a serial killer as well, and he does really well in that. As I'm well. gonna have to watch that one. Not bad. It's not no, bad. I'm not, I won't overhype it. It's not brilliant. But it's good. It's directed by Christopher Nolan, who did the Dark Knight trilogy. Okay. So yeah, I would, I would, I'd say it's worth so it's checking. Better out. than Fear.com. It's oh, absolutely, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We definitely have a better time doing that. Uh, so the cast we got here. Uh, you mentioned Stephen Dorff. Yep. You're a fan. Now, I'll be honest with you. I'm not. Big, so I didn't see Blade. I'm not big on. I'm not big on action horror. I, I never have been. I did see Blade Two. For some reason, I seen Play Trinity. <laughs> what the fuck did I watch Play Trinity? Oh, Triple H is in now. I forgot. Triple okay, yeah, H, and yeah. Ryan Reynolds. So yeah, I like Play Trinity for as bad as it is. That's another one of the movies where I'm just like, it's a bad movie, but I enjoy it. But again, I like Triple H and I like uh, Ryan Reynolds. Uh, Blade Two, I didn't care for, and I only watched it because the director is uh, Guillermo del Toro, which I just came off Pan's Labyrinth, so I was like, oh, I want to see all those movies, and I watched that. I was like, I don't need to see all those movies. Um, but I never did watch the first play. I seen bits of it on TV. It was like I just remember like when I was in high school, that thing was like on TNT like all the time. So I do remember seeing bits of it, but I never actually sat down and watched the whole thing. Uh, but Stephen Dorff was one of those guys that I think he's a very talented actor. It's just. I don't know. He's never had a breakthrough, I feel I like. Say, he, I think he requires a particular role. In, you know, in some, in some movies, you can you can pull off some things, mm-hmm. but I think it has to be particular for that person. I feel like, and I'm not, I don't mean to knock Stephen Dorff, this guy will achieve more than I ever will in my life. So, Stephen, if you're somehow coming across our podcast, this is not me shitting on you because <laughs> I think you did good in this movie. Uh, you were great in the gate, so, you know, we're, we're cool, bro. I feel like when you get Stephen Dorff, though, it's like you couldn't get Christian Slater. It's like, hey, we'll get Christian Slater. He's busy. Fuck. <laughs> Give me Stephen Dorff, and that's what yeah. you do. And that's. And I feel like this role, I just felt like we could have put Christian Slater in here. It could have been better. Um, the main girl had that face of like, what's her name? I see you got it typed up there. The, um, I can't even pronounce that shit. Yeah. yeah Natasha no, something Natasha or other. Something. Um Terry. She she had that look on her face that like I like I know this girl from a million things and then when I looked up her filmography I knew her from one thing and that was it she was the girl on the Truman Show that's trying to like bust Jim Carrey out that's it I don't I I, I mean don't get me wrong, I'm not saying she doesn't do anything she has an extensive list of shit yeah. I just didn't see it. <laughs> I'm just like uh, but again I I think she did good here and I uh, read that in an interview that uh, the director thought that she was miscast in this movie but I thought she did okay I mean. I don't think it was necessarily the cast problem in this movie. It was the writing. Was I think the script writing. was really bad. Yeah. I think the dialogue was a bit stilted. I think, honestly, these actors did the best they could do with what they were given, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, you kind of... When they have that kind of storyline, you've you got to really rely on your actors mm. to bring out the story. No, absolutely, yeah. And the actors tried, but the storyline just, yeah, just I mean, wasn't there. It wasn't no. catchy. Um, I know. I mean, I don't have a problem with, you know, doing the whole fear dot com website, but I think that they should have went a different way with it. The execution was kind of, it was all over the place. I think that yeah. was the big thing. I felt like they didn't quite know where they were going, and I felt like it translated here. Like it just felt like oh, they were trying to. Again, it felt. And I'll get to this in a second because I know people who maybe know more than I do is going to you know call me on this. 
It just it, it felt too reminiscent of the ring, and I felt like they were trying to cash in on that. Yep. Now I'm gonna get in on that in a second because I'm completely wrong on that. I am completely wrong on that. But what I'm saying is, to me, it felt like, the, and maybe they were cashing in on the original ring, the Japanese version, because this also felt like a uh, pulse. I don't know if you ever saw the original Pulse, or even the remake, I guess. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, it kind of felt like that a little bit, too, or One Missed Call, or, you know, along that vein of, like, technology, supernatural coming together, and, you know, us dealing with it. And this here just happens to be a website. Which, you got to remember, the internet was still kind of, I know it's been around since the 90s, but you got to remember, internet in the 90s wasn't like the internet now. And even in the early 2000s, it wasn't quite what we have now. So it was a different beast altogether. You know, you still had chatter. I love the... Google they use, the hot box or whatever they call it, the yes. little, and I'm just like, what the fuck is that? Like, this is so, uh, I don't know. That is that is not an internet brand. <laughs> no, it's definitely not. They definitely saved a few bucks making their own there, I guess. Um, the villain in this movie is played by Stephen Ray. Uh, he's another guy. I, haven't, I didn't really research him when I was doing my research here. I just recognized him from one movie. Uh, but he did really good in that movie. He was in Interview with the Vampire. I don't know if you remember that or not. Yeah. But uh, he was the, I don't remember his name in that, but he was the goofy vampire. Like, whenever he got Antonio Banderas and his band of uh, vampires, he was the one that was, like, goofy. Whenever uh, Brad Pitt's walking the streets of Paris and then he comes across that vampire yeah. and he starts mirroring everything he does, that was Stephen Ray. Um, he always reminded me of uh, Jeffrey Rush, who was in House of uh, or House on Haunted Hill, uh, played uh Barbosis in uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, both, I, I believe, I think they're both British. I could be wrong. If I am, crucify me in the comments, I guess. Uh, but they always, uh, he always reminds me of like, again, it's like, hey, I want Jeffrey Rush. He's busy. Fuck. Give me Stephen Ray. Yeah, Stephen I feel Ray. like that's just, you know, that's, that's, he's that guy. And then, not necessarily round off the cast, because I felt like he was completely wasted here. But uh, the guy who plays uh, Stephen Dorff's partner was a uh, horror icon, Jeffrey Combs, who horror fans would know from The Reanimator, uh, The Beyond, and then he was even in House on Haunted Hill. And that's actually why uh, William Malone put him in this, uh, because he uh, was the villain in House on Haunted Hill. Uh, but here it feels like two things. One, he's completely wasted. Like, that role was nothing. Yeah. A, a wasted role. And it seems like he is kind of bored there. Like, almost like... now. I've seen Jeffrey Combs do a lot of different movies. Uh, he was in The Frighteners as well. I love The Frighteners. I forgot about that. But Jeffrey Combs is a really good actor. He's very diverse. I've seen him play good guys, you know, villains, whatever. So I'm not saying that he did bad here. I think he just kind of phoned it in. I think, honestly, and I could be wrong. Jeffrey, if you're listening, buddy, let me know. Like, <laughs> did you kind of phone this win? or what? Because I, mean, I don't want to make fun of your performance because, I mean, but it does kind of feel like, you look as bored as I felt watching this movie at times. Like, I was just, I don't know. Best the cast. Um, is there any other standouts in the cast or anything about this cast that you, you know, that you can kind of think of that you kind of, you know, anything I, that strikes I, you as. I think, I felt like maybe they should, you know, they went with a lot of, and I hate to say it this way, second rate. Oh, absolutely. No, absolutely. No, they really yeah. were because even coming off of, like like you said, Blade or, you know, uh, Energy Vampire or even House on Haunted Hill, it's like, yeah, we're not reaching for the stars on this. Yeah. Now, granted, this is probably a low, but yeah, it was a, ah. So the budget was $40 million. Not quite super low, though. I mean, even back yeah. in the day, that's kind of a good but chunk they, of money. But they only grossed $18.9 million. Oh, <laughs> boy, they did not get your investment back on that one, huh? It was, no, that was, I... 
I think this is the first one we've actually done where it's been low. Yeah, budget. because honestly, I think even the low budget ones we've done before, they were so low budget that they grossed more. Even yeah. if it wasn't like a big, you know, blip on the radar, it still made more than the budget. So you may be right. This may be our first box office bomb that we've actually yeah. reviewed on the show. They uh Three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Not just that; uh, it also has a three point four on IMDb. So I mean, 3.4, yeah. yeah. And uh, even though I don't usually keep track, and always you know keep track of a uh, budget or sorry, the uh, box office, the uh, Rotten Tomatoes, on IMDb. But I also noticed that it had a cinema score of F. F cinema F. score is uh, in major cities. What they do is uh, they kind of post in the lobbies, and they'll be like, here. Give it a letter grade, and usually people are pretty cool with it. So I mean, you you you'll go between A and C, you know. Yeah. No, nope, they give it an F. Yeah. And I guess uh, in two thousand two, there's only three films that got an F. And this was one. I don't remember what the other two were. I want to say Solaris, and I don't know, maybe Darkness or something like that. It was whatever it was. It was you know, they, they all deserved it. And yeah, this definitely kind of deserved that F rating. A lot of the critics that that I read, mm-hmm. they were like. It's it's very confusing, like yeah. how how you wanted to go with your storyline, yeah. which made it, I guess, it gets to a point where it's not interesting. No, that's the thing. It just it kept it kept jumping too far around. You didn't quite know where you wanted to go. I feel like if you're going to do technology based supernatural, whatever, then you need to explain like, well, how's it? But they don't explain. They're just like it's ghost and the website, and that's yeah. it. Don't worry about it. But look at all this crazy stuff, and it's like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> How are the ghosts crossing over? Like, how is the energy being caught in these, you know, in the wires or whatever? And I feel like they don't want to explain it. They just kind of run with it. Uh, It felt like they were trying to do a film noir uh, mystery, police procedural, but then you cut to just wacky craziness. Uh, you I know, felt like they wanted you, the viewer, to put it together more, yeah. more than they wanted to, to actually show the work. You know, yeah. it's like in school when they're like, you know, show your work, and you're like, no, I don't. In the back <laughs> of the book it says the answer's fifteen. Let me just put fifteen down. Like, no, no, no. You gotta show. Hey, get the fifteen. Yep. Well, Fear.com said, "Fuck you, we're fifteen. Going, that's it. There's going, your answer." Right? We're going straight to the back. Um, <laughs> um, so, anyways, uh, I guess we can kind of start hitting this plot up a little bit because I guess we're. After this, we're pretty much just going to finish it all off or whatever. But, so, uh, oh, Udo Kerr. I, I see Guy dies on train tracks on your notes there. Uh, Udo Kerr, I forgot about him. He yeah. was the first German guy who died. He's kind of a big uh, heavyweight and whore. Uh, he played in uh, the original, well, I'm sorry, not the original. He played in uh, Andy Warhol's uh, Frankenstein, I believe Dracula, but it's called Blood of Dracula. It was Blood of Dracula, and he played in Fresh of, uh, Flesh of Frankenstein. Uh, if you're not a horror fan, you may know him as a. Uh, what the fuck was his name in Ace Ventura? He was the guy who owned the shark tank where an Ace and uh, Monica from Friends go to investigate him. Oh, man. But he was the guy who's like, you know, you know, and who are you? Should I call you Date? He's like, Tom? Or he goes, Ace. Tom Ace. And he's like, Tom Ace, you know. <laughs> but that German guy there, that was this guy, Udo Kerr. Uh, he's one of those guys where, I don't know, again, uh, he had more, more of a cameo in this movie, I guess, just as victim number one. Um, who, and who is this? He's chasing the little girl with a ball. Yeah, the little girl has a ball. And then the weird thing was, like, when he sees her on the um, tracks, you know, don't get me wrong, good guy, you're going to try to save that little girl. I get it. Even if it is kind of like, uh, clearly at this point, he's already seen enough weird shit that he should know this is a trap or a trick yeah. or whatever, but whatever. He jumps on the tracks to try to save her, but then there's a moment where, like, he runs up to the side. And he's like this. Up against the wall. Up against the wall. Thank you. We're doing radio, so they can't see me out. Uh, and he's up against the wall. And then he's like, fuck it. I'm going to try to run for it. It's like, 
just stay where you're at. But he doesn't. And I guess I was hoping to see him just get. I, mean, I guess the budget wouldn't allow for it. But I want to see him just get splattered. But he does. He just like gets hit and like ping pong balls off the front of the train, and it kills him. Which none of his body parts came came off. No, you would have been like liquefied. Yeah. And he's like, nope, I'm totally intact. Yeah. Uh, you get the German guy in the jail cell who gets brought in. Uh, he just like hemorrhages out, has a heart attack or whatever, stroke or. Yeah, there was a lot of unexplained deaths. Yes, which and they just drives me nuts because if you're going to bring a character into a movie and you're going to kill the character, tell me why. What was his fear? Because <laughs> the other thing too, they tried to they tried to tack the song was like everyone who was killed, uh, they died. They were being like haunted by their fears. Yep. And you find out later, like uh, the the main girl's boss, who just I guess he's in the fetish death porn, uh, was on the website and his fear was a car crash. And that's how he died. Uh, the girl had a fear of drowning, even though she got in a bathtub. But she didn't. She didn't die yeah. drowning. But yeah, exactly. Yeah, she. It's, it's what I'm saying. Like, they didn't even embrace these. And so it's like, are you trying to tell me like, did the guy like have a fear of like trains? Yeah. Did, did the German guy have a fear of jail cells or strokes? I mean, it's just like it didn't explain it. It's just like it did it. Uh, the one time they do delve into it was the girl who's afraid of bugs. But then again, it's like. She killed herself before it even yeah. went down. When she jumped out the window. Out the window. Um, the main guy, Stephen Dorff, like, he's just like, I hate bugs and germs. But then when he gets hit with it, he's seeing, like, just criminals. Yeah. You know, he's, like, driving out the car, and he's like, looking out the window, and then it's just like, oh, I'm a bad guy. He's just like, oh, God, I'm freaking out. It's like, well, that's not germs or disease no. or anything. Was- and then, like... The main girl, she also does it. It's like, well, what is she afraid of? Because, again, it's like they don't really show anything. Doing, you know, just like, I don't know. Again, they're not. It's like they introduce something, and they're like, this sounds cool. And then they just don't deliver on there's it. Just not enough, there's just not enough background no. to why these people don't like the certain things that they don't the like. The writers literally had a list of scenes they wanted to see. And they had creepy stuff. And I get a feeling, I didn't research the, because uh, definitely not the director, but I didn't research the writer. But it just felt like. I don't know. They're all this big music video fans, and they're like, "Well, puts all this cool shit on there." It's like, "Well, what does it mean?" It don't matter. It's just some cool music <laughs> behind it, be cool. And I feel like they tied it together with the loosest of storylines possible. Um, I guess we should also mention that uh, you know it's funny because the movie's called Fear dot com, yeah, but the website is actually Fear dot com dot com. And the reason was because I guess there really is a fear.com that they couldn't get the rights to. And so they had to change it to the, what they did in the website or whatever. Uh, the biggest gripe I had, because you also had this you know, whole, I mean, it's not even a subplot. It should be the main plot, but it felt like the subplot of the serial killer uh, torturing this girl on camera. And you're right, like they couldn't track this guy down. And it felt like they took a backseat to like, what's killing these other people? And it's like, do you guys not hear there's a missing girl from this movie Theater that you know, apparently not. Karen. Yeah, missing you know, Karen. Karen. She got to take. What was it? Like, I should take Karen. Yeah. Uh, but no, like she goes missing. But I guess it was less than two days or whatever. So I don't know. But my thing was like, okay, so this uh, girl, the, the the killer girl, the uh, the one who's the little white haired girl. Yeah. She okay. So you go on the website and then you got two days of try to I guess not just find her but to release her or whatever. Try to try to revenge. That's what it was. Yeah. Wasn't trying to find her as her revenge. So you got two days to try to track down her killer. So everyone who's signing on to this website, are they not dead too? Because it seems like this guy's been killing yeah. for a while. So it's like, how 
how is this not, like how are we just now hearing about this killer website? Because I feel like every time I get on that website, there's over a thousand views, and I'll get to that in a second too, because that annoyed me. Uh, but anyway, it's like a thousand, over a thousand people. It's like so where should we like? Thousands of people just dead nationwide, unexplicably, and they never dive into that either. I think it would have been cool if they would have done yeah. like a really fast, you know, fast forward through. See, and Pulse kind of did that, not quite with a death sign like that, but just the internet and ghosts trying to come into our world. But it, they made that sound like a plague almost, like yeah. the world was dying out and they couldn't explain it. And I like that in Pulse. Uh, here, it was like they don't explain it. It's just like, eh. Uh, that's the thing about Bubby too. Is you look on that website. Every time he turn it on, it'd be like one subscriber, two subscriber, and it start tallying up. I'm like, so these people did they unsubscribe every time and then resubscribe? I think they meant viewers. Like yeah. how many views you're getting? But it kept saying subscribers. I'm again, this is early 2000s. So I guess we don't know how the internet works just yet. But I'm just like, well, he's getting new subscribers. So I like, do they have to pay every time they watch the video or time they log on or whatever? <laughs> I don't know. How do you come across death sites like this? Like already, already advertised. Like how do you even get? And he's just like the more the more you screen, the more views we get. But it's like, well, no one knows this though. Like I don't, I don't get how. I don't know. It, it, if you if if they would have done something to show how the website was found. Yes. Yes. Like you know, you have some crazy German guy. Who's just like into like death scenes? Like, are you in like a chat room and someone's yeah. like, "Hey, I saw this crazy thing. Check out this site." I can, yeah, I can, yeah, I agree. But it's just like they just go right to it, and even like the people are just like, like, you know, how did like the old guy who was her boss get into it? The German yeah. now, the German guy you can kind of understand only because he was just that book and yeah. all that stuff. So I kind of get him. I mean, again, they're not telling you. You just gotta assume he's just kind of surfing. But it's like the boss was just like some old pervert who's just like, I want to see. Young girls get murdered. Ha, ha, ha. What is it with the damn nosebleed? Yeah. Well, because that girl's a hemophiliac or whatever, and so I guess that's, that's right. you know, yeah, she had to wear the and so the I guess. That, and, but you're right though. It's like really that's that's your because he's like because when she, her boss was in there and she's like, "Where's your computer at?" Yeah. He's like, yeah. "I sent it off to get fixed." I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" <laughs> you, I mean, really, you, you got people there in the building that can come up and fix the damn computer. You don't you have don't, IT there yeah, or like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. You, what are you doing? You're sending that off to Microsoft? <laughs> um, the, web, the, the point I was trying to get to earlier, too, is like, okay, so this girl has the power from beyond the grave to get into the computer. Now, I'll buy this. Let's go along with fine. Okay. She has the power to get in the computer. Yeah. She's in the telephone cords, whatever. And so every time that you log on to the site, she's now haunting you. How is he operating that site then without being haunted? Because that's our whole thing was like, because you know he like Steven Dorf kills him by logging onto the site in his uh, his lair. You know yeah. when he gets shot, he crawls over to the computer and just like fear.com.com, enter, yep. and then she's there. But it's like wasn't he already broadcasting on the site? Yeah. So why could she not kill him there? I think I think they made it seem like you actually have to look at it. I, yeah. You know, or you just have to put some thought into this, and then so they're just did like, he just close his eyes and type in, you know, to start the program. Yeah, I go think myself like <laughs> it should already be running. Like those computers, the, the 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 camera, it's all linked up to the site. So how can she not snake her way through the cords? And I don't know. Again, it's just like it makes no sense. It's like he had a he had a barrier for her that she couldn't cross. And it was not, ex- and it was not explained. Good firewall, right? She had, yeah. he had, an- he had Norton antivirus, and it worked pretty goddamn good. That's the. Uh... I tell you what, Norton antivirus back then sucked fucking ass. <laughs> I don't know how many times I got, you know, some spam on my mom's computer after looking at porn. So. Oh, you and me both, buddy. You and me both. <laughs> so, anyways, 
the ending kind of happens where she goes into his mind now, and he's being tortured and filleted alive in his mind, but then outside he just kind of dies. Again, it's like, and it was quick. Like, you would think she'd want to keep him alive to torture him for a while. Come again, yeah. he tortured her for two days. Yeah. And then she kills him in literally less than a minute of movie time. And I'm just like, oh, that's it? Okay, we're done? That's what you, so you killed, presumably thousands of people, for this one moment of torture, and you just blew your load in 30 seconds? All right. And Steven Dorff took a bullet to the chest. See, that's the other thing. So, I'll be honest with you, the whole movie, I did not remember the ending hardly at all. I remember the ending, like, cops showing up, and I guess like, I had the ending of The Ring in my mind, where they got the body, they arrest him, and so Stephen Dorff and her lived happily ever after. I forgot Stephen Dorff died in this movie, because yeah. I'm just like, holy shit, like, you shot Stephen Dorff, and I was like, he'll be okay, and he's just like, uh, and I'm like, <laughs> no! Um, and then they kind of had this dumbass ending where she's at home with her cat, and the phone rings. And, I mean, I'm taking it. It's supposed to be Steven Dorff, like, still trying to communicate with her. Because, again, they kind of established, and you got to do your own work here, but they established that when you're dead, your spirit doesn't necessarily go to heaven or hell. I guess it can, but in this case, you could also go on the internet. So, I guess Steven Dorff's now on the internet, and he can call her, but I guess he can't talk to her. So, I don't know. That's how I took it. What'd you, how'd you, how would you interpret the ending there? The ending was just... To me, the ending was dumb as shit. No, no, it definitely was. I'm not trying to justify it. But, but was you? No, I mean, was I, that Steven Dorff? Was that the I, dead girl? Was who, who, who somebody, called her and hung they, up? They, I almost feel like they left the door open to, for it to be another movie. Oh, they definitely did. They were hoping for part. They were hoping for Fear.com too, or Fear.com forward slash part two. What they're gonna call it? But anyways, uh, yeah, they that's, definitely. I think that's why they. That's why they did that. Yeah. But you know, it's like another one of those unexplained. Yeah. Reasons of why things happen. I don't. I just didn't get it, but I mean, I understand that if maybe he said, "I'm okay," yeah, just yeah. kind of like give or her just said her name, like you yeah. know, kind of like you know, Terry, you know, yeah. something like that. So then she would know. But she I could said, smile, You're right. cuddle could, with her dog, go yeah. to sleep, you know, have a happy ending, whatever the fuck it wants. <laughs> but it's just ring, ring, you know, yeah. it's like hello. There's no one there, obviously. And then she has no emotion, so yeah. it's not like she's even freaking out or even comforted. She's just going, like, "Hello." Cool. She's yeah. not worried about the, no. the prank phone call. Like at this point, she was just shit. like, she just went through. You feel like she was just like, let's get this movie over. She's like, yeah, she's just like, let's just finish the roll credits, please. <laughs> yeah. Tell us at that home if you. Uh, I'm curious what you guys think. You know who was that? Who was on the other side of that phone call? Was it Stephen Dorff? Was it the killer? Uh, was it the girl? Who, who was it? Was it the cat? <laughs> it could have been. You know, it could have been the girl saying thank you. Thank you. Know, you. Yeah, it could have been yeah. somebody doing something, but it was just complete silence. And, um, and she had no emotion. So, as I mentioned before, this always felt like a rip-off of the ring. Mm-hmm. A lot of people thought that. Oddly enough, though, this came out before Full the ring. ring. Yeah. Two months prior. And honestly, I was shocked by that. Now, I think the reason why, I saw the ring in the theater. I saw this on VHS. So, yeah. I saw the ring first. So, to me, ring came, came out, out first. Uh, but the thing is, you read a lot of reviews. A lot of people said the same thing. Like, this was ripping off the ring. And it's like... Well, it couldn't have, you know. Now, it couldn't have ripped off the American remake of the ring, but it definitely could have ripped off the Japanese yeah. version, which came out, you know, 
98, 99, or something like that. I went and watched The Ring in, in Oh, yeah, years. did you? Yeah, no, yeah. I did too. Love The Ring. Um, <laughs> unplugged my TV when I went home. No, same here. Not, I, I actually unplugged it and <laughs> turned it around. Like, I was like, fuck that. I don't want that shit coming I don't want to know some crazy bitch um, crawling out my TV. But the thing is, you know, I think it's one of those things where it's like, it had that Japanese horror influence, or at least the American version of the Japanese, you know, horror influence. Uh, but yeah, I just thought that was very interesting because even when I read that, I was like, bullshit, this did not come out before The Ring. I actually had to look up both release dates. I was like, oh shit, it came out two months before. I was like, oh damn. All right, so um, final thoughts on Fear.com. This is kind of a short one, guys. I'm sorry. We uh, Normally we can flesh this out for almost an hour, but today it's like, oh, this was there wasn't much to this. I'm not a lot of meat on the bone on this one. Um, final thoughts on uh, Fear.com. I, I, I think that if they went a different way, even with the same actors, because I mean, I don't, I'm not going to piss on the actors. No, no, no. I'll let them slide. I, I think that if they would have had a better, I guess, healthier storyline, it would have been different. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it seems like something they just put together. Yeah. You know, in a basement in a week. I feel like from the success of House of Han Hill is how Will and Malone got this job, and I think they were just hoping to cash in on that. Right? Yeah. Hey, hey, we're going, you know, that that style is in right now. Let's make some more money. And you're right. I think they literally, I don't know how long it took to write the script, but I'm sure it wasn't long at all. Yeah. They just slapped it together and it ran with it. Yeah, it was not. It, I don't know. I, I I just when you're doing these kind of movies, I think you have to put in a lot of meat. See, that's the thing, because, you know, we, we, we joked about how, like, you know, everybody kind of shits on, like, slasher films, and they're always just like, well, it's all the same. But it's like, we've reviewed, you know, even not just the first one, we reviewed sequels even, yeah. you know, and by definition alone, sequels are usually the inferior movies. But, like, I would say everything that we've reviewed had substance. Everything we reviewed, you know, like we, it had me on the bone. It had something you can dive into. Even if it wasn't perfect, we can both agree, like, well, there's something there. Like, even if you don't like it, that's fine. Yeah. But you, you can't sit there and be like, well, there was just nothing. It's like, no, there was actually plot. There was story. There was emotion behind the writing. Whereas here, it really was like, no. Like, there was nothing to this. And, I mean, you had some movies that they made where the actors are actually, you know, having nightmares from being in the movie. It's like, my nightmare of being in this movie would be like, when the fuck is it going to be over? Exactly. I have a feeling a lot of people were here for the paycheck. I can't imagine there was anybody in this group that was like, I'm here for the project, including the director. I think they were all just like, you lose $22 million. Actually, you lose more than that because they never put into the budget how much you spent on marketing, and that can always go an extra... Ten million, depending. So yeah, they lost their ass on this one for sure. Yeah, so. their international numbers were not good. No, either. and that's always another thing you can always kind of back up to because like, you sometimes even if your movie bombs stateside, which that usually is a lot of it. They will be like, you know, that's it, no more sequels. But a lot of times you'll hear producers go like, yeah, well, we didn't make up here. We made up with DVD sales. We made up with international sales. So it's like they didn't even have that. Like there is no cult following. That's the thing. Like even like bad movies. 10, 15, 20 years in our case here, uh, down the road, you'll get a group of people just like, no, no, we like it for what it is. And it does develop a cult following. There is no cult following yeah. for Fear.com. There is no like group of people who are just like, oh, no, here's why. No, no. This is almost internationally just hated. Yeah. And uh, I got to say, on my end, too, like, like I said, if you would have asked me, I actually watched this last night. If you would have asked me before what I thought of uh, this movie, I would have been like, I like it. That's the funny thing was when we came, when we came up with this, uh, Tyler, you know, you picked it. Uh, you said, I want to pick something different. We've been picking a lot of fan favorites. We've been picking stuff that we love. And you're like, I want to pick something we can get shit on. And you're like, fear.com. And I didn't say anything then, but I was just like, 
oh, I kind of like Fear.com. So I was like, well, at least we'll have fun talking about it. And then I rewatched it. I was just like, fuck. <laughs> like, this was not. <clears throat> so I guess my final thoughts is this. I like the look of the movie. Hmm. I like the concept. But everything else is just shit. I think the direction's bad. I think... I won't say performances as much as the writing, but honestly, these actors weren't good enough to save it. Because it does make you wonder, like, what if he had A-listers? Like, what if he had, like, a Johnny Depp or a Robert De Niro? You know what, you know, a Julianne Moore. Could it have raised it, or would it have just been good performances in a bad movie? Because, I mean, that can happen, too, you know. But it's just, like, unfortunately, and again, I'm not trying to shout any of these guys. I respect you guys. But... They could. They aren't the ones you'd call on to raise the material of the, you know, or raise the you know level of the material. So it's like, yeah, this was just it was bad. The, uh, the kill scenes for me were like when the car he's in the car, like and all of a sudden the car just takes over itself yeah. and starts driving. Yeah, I'm like, the doors won't unlock. Okay, yeah, I understand that, but why? Why did he drive out in the middle of a factory looking? Area, yeah. Why was he in the industrial complex yeah. to begin with? And again, it's like okay, no background he, story to see, why he was. Well, I was say because that's the whole thing. It's like okay, you can make the argument like you know it led her to the, uh, an area like that because she was looking for a little girl. Was he also investigating? Yeah, I doubt it because he didn't act like he was. But again, it's like, well, why was he there then? Like, why was he out there? And it's just like again, there was no no context to this. There what you could have even threw a little. Throwaway line where after he dies and they're investigating his you know computer or whatever they're like well it's weird he was investigating this dead girl that could have been something even then even more like well why would he yeah. but it's like it would have been something but we don't even get that now, who's not afraid of car crashes I don't say like that's something you might be afraid you know, here's why I think it's funny about this car crashes in general movies like especially like when a demon or a ghost takes over your car you know they do the steering and they can't get to work right they always hit it brain and it work I was like. Two things. One, why don't you ever just try to slam it into the brake? Like, you know, fuck your transmission up. It's like, see if that would work. They never try that in the movies. Or B, why don't you just take your seatbelt off and then crouch on the floor? Now, you may still die on impact, but it's like, at least you're not going to go through that windshield. So, or buckle yeah. up. I don't know. Do something. But they never do that. Like, I feel like the first time I'm in a car and it goes out of control by itself, I'm just like, buckle up. Or I'm just going to be like, nope, and I'm going to right in the floorboard and just or cuddle the field position and just hope for the best. But. Jump in the back seat. At least you won't go through the front Exactly. <laughs> Again, it, you may walk out with some bumps and bruises or, you know, car could explode or whatever, but it's like, at least you're trying. I'm not just going to keep stepping on the brake when it's not working because, like, okay, first time I try brake, it doesn't work. That's it. It's not working. I may try a couple more times, you know. Yeah. Fuck. So uh, when, uh, when, they brought his, when they brought his body in, he, he looked like he was mangled by a werewolf. <laughs> like, okay, well, he went through a window and yeah. he got and he hits whatever in front of him. So yeah, yeah. He, he's going to be completely smashed. He's not going to look like... But yeah, I remember this is also the movie where a guy got hit by a fucking subway and, and, yeah, and just bounced, bounced around like a bouncy ball. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, some of the kills just didn't make sense to me because, I, like, like the, you know, the train, he was splattered. Yeah. But no, they're over here like looking at his face, like, yeah, why does his eyes look? It's like his eyes wouldn't even be in his head. No, no. There would be no chance. I mean, I guess that's the hallmark of a C, D grade film, you know, so. 
Well, guys, let us know what you thought of fear.com. Uh, you know, how to hit us up. You can comment down below on this video or if you're listening to us, you know, on Anchor or wherever the hell you're listening to these podcasts, you can comment on there. Uh, on social media, hit us up. Let us know. Conversate with us. Let us know what you guys think of fear.com because, boy. If you haven't seen it and now you want to watch it, I'm sorry for the one hour and 41 minutes you're going to lose. Yeah. yeah I mean, I'm not going to lie. This is a rough watch. Uh, you know, the... Even early on, I was kind of, kind of with it, but it seemed like once we get to the point where Stephen Dorff's out of the movie a little bit, like where he kind of don't get on the website, he gets put yeah. into the ambulance. Like from that point on, I'm just kind of I, I check out. Now I'm not saying it's because of him not being in there. But I mean, he's not like a star attraction for me, but it just seemed like storyline wise, it's just like I'm done. Like, are we not finished with this yet? Can we not go to the? I don't know. It's just, they kept stretching it out and stretching it out. I once know. he goes to the hospital and then he escapes the hospital yeah. and. It's like they don't even know what he's like, what he's really doing. Then yeah. all of a sudden he's got a gun, <laughs> and he's going inside the factory. It's like that's the other thing. Oh fuck, I forgot about that. So there's a scene where, sorry guys, we was wrapping up, and yeah. now I got a whole other scene to bring up because it bugged the <laughs> shit out of me. Uh, the scene where uh, the main guy and the main girl, Stephen Dorff and uh, Terry, uh, they they know where the bad guy's at. They know the cooling plant or wherever the fuck he's at. And so they call up uh, Jeffrey Combs, the partner, and he's playing poker or whatever. And they're like, hey, listen, he's at this facility. You know, get back up there. Yeah. And, of course, Jeffrey Combs is like, okay, I'll be there. So they show up there. Of course, the cops or the, the, the killers kind of like, oh, you know, you, you caught me or whatever. It's like, are you waiting for the cavalry to show up? Well, <laughs> you're too late because they already showed up. And then it just cuts to Jeffrey Combs, like, crucified on the wall, dead. I was like, yep. okay, A, what? Really? And then I'm like, B, he didn't call backup at all. He's just like, after he played poker, he's just like, I'll do it myself. Yeah. No, because the whole movie, he was insisting, let the feds take So it's not like he's a loose cannon. He's not a hero. He's the guy who's just like, no, let the feds take care of it. So he's the guy that when you call him and say, hey, call for backup, he's not going to decide like, oh, no, I'm just going to run him by myself. He would call for backup. So it's like, it made no sense. And I just felt like, again, you wasted Jeffrey Combs. Like, yep. he's a good actor, and yet he's regulated to just a prop in this movie. I don't know. That scene bugged me, too, because I was just like... That was, was like when Stephen was trying to tell him, you know, call the police because yeah. what's-her-name's going to be in trouble. Yeah, Terry's yeah. Terry's going to be in trouble. Yeah. And he's like, why? Why do you want me to... You know, yeah. He's like, call for backup. Get backup over there. Exactly. They do that there, but... And he does. It like he doesn't, like, you know, not do it. He does it. So it's just like... I don't know. It just it, it was just a shit scene. Okay, I'm sorry. We'll, we'll wrap this up for real now. <laughs> so anyways, uh, guys, uh, that was Fear.com. Uh, I guess out of four stars. I give it a half. My initial rating, at, you know, out, yeah. of, out of one out of a hundred. You know, I was in like the 20 percentile yeah. of, you know, that's how much I enjoyed, I yeah, yeah, yeah. enjoyed the movie. It was 20% of it. Which was pretty much the very beginning before we get into the actual movie. Yeah. yeah. So the opening scene you're okay with, but then it's just like after that you're like, yeah, because the opening scene is like, oh, why is this guy chasing this girl into the subway? And why is she holding a ball? And you know that okay, yeah, let's let's build off of that. And then we don't fucking do it. it. (laughs) I'll I'll go one star, I guess. Uh, I'll go half star. I'll I'll agree with you, Tyler. I'll go half star because honestly, this this. This is dog shit. Uh, so yeah, half star, half star across the board. Yeah. Just, it was just a bad movie. Uh, so, anyways, uh, yeah, out of ten, I guess like a four. I don't know. 
It doesn't matter. This is this was shit. Alrighty. So, uh, anyways, guys, uh, this has been uh, the Kings of Scream podcast. I'm Daniel. I'm Tyler. And guys, we'll catch you next time.